everybody. It's Florence Brummer. Welcome to the Bonafide Legal Podcast. The Bonafide Legal Podcast is a podcast to help attorneys, business owners, parents, whoever you are, to find a balance between your work and your life. I am a mother, a grandmother, a wife, a movie enthusiast, fan of a great deal, restaurant lover, follower of many television shows, self-proclaimed fashionista, and overall in love with popular culture. Besides all this, I'm a lawyer. I've been a lawyer for 25 years, and throughout my practice, I struggled day by day to find balance between work and life. So thank you for joining me on this journey. I'm going to talk about the month of January. When I originally started this podcast, and this feels like kind of a failure to me, but when I originally started the podcast, I was doing the podcast on a weekly basis. And then when COVID came, I switched to every two weeks um, because I was finding I didn't have a whole lot to talk about. Even though I was extremely busy during COVID, it was a more manageable life now that I think about it. And um, recently, I have no um, management of my time, and my podcast has become a monthly podcast. I'm going to start off how um, I have been starting off my podcast for the last couple of months, and that's just to give an update on my brother. He's still um, doing okay. Like, that's basically all I can say. He's doing okay. He's still doing chemo. He's done with radiation. Um, he had a body scan, which showed that the cancer had not spread in his body. A few more weeks until he gets a brain scan. We're going to have a consult with a neurosurgeon to see if he's a candidate for um, surgery to remove the tumors. But overall, he just feels pretty crappy. He's extremely tired. Um, he got a bronchitis, which just like knocked him out. And um, he has no appetite. His throat is swollen again, so he really can't swallow. He's on a liquid diet. He doesn't feel like eating anyways. So it's just been kind of miserable for him. So if you can keep him in your prayers and your thoughts, I have had so many sweet people reach out to me. I've had so many people cry for him, and it means so much to me. He is my number one priority right now, and we're just trying to get him through this. It's actually been over a year since his diagnosis. He was first diagnosed at the end of January last year, and um, it's been a ride, you know. Every time, like, I've been calling it one step forward, two steps back. We get some good news, and then something like he's in the hospital or he gets sick. Um, but he's still here, and he's doing good, and he's going to make it. And, um, yeah, keep sending your prayers. Every time someone mentions to me that they're thinking about him or they're praying for him, I tell him every time. He's gotten cards. Like, it's very, very sweet. Like, thank you very, very much. So let me talk about my month, and then I'll probably talk about email a little bit. So it was the week of January 8th. I'm working like crazy. I have meetings. I have court hearings. Friday, that Friday was my daughter's birthday. So we decided to have basically a whole weekend celebration. On Friday, we catered sandwiches. On Saturday, all of her friends and a bunch of family members met at Rubio's. 
I think the Rubio's people thought we were crazy. Rubio's is a place where you just go and order at the counter. It's like kind of fast food Mexican, but more upscale. I think their food is really good, actually. And people just go in there and usually get their stuff to go, or they just sit at a table and they eat for 10 minutes. We had balloons and flowers and decorations, and the girls took pictures up against the Rubio sign. And um, we got all this food. Like they were, The Rubio staff was so nice. Um, I think they were kind of into our party spirit. I also rented out a theater for um, Mean Girls, um, and that movie was a delight. I had such a good time in that movie, and the girls really, really liked it. It was a perfect movie. This was the new Mean Girls. This was a perfect movie to bring a bunch of girls to. It combined musical numbers from the Broadway hit with a new... um, new uh actors you know because the obviously the um actresses from mean girls are older and so they were cast with younger girls who i thought were all a delight i really really like this movie i can't wait to see it again um then on sunday i took my daughter and a smaller group of our friends to pickleball to a place called chicken and pickle it's a super fun place with the best fried pickles i've ever had I'm not a giant fan of fried pickles, but these were so delicious, like a great breading and um, yum. They were so good, like very crunchy. And then I had um, that weekend, I had a Sunday night meeting with a client. And throughout the month of January, I've continued my Sunday night working. I go into the office for two to three hours. I do emails go through the weekend mail, get ready for the week. And this kind of feels like a little bit of a regression for me too, because one of my goals with the podcast was to keep my weekend as free as possible. And now I feel like I'm regressing by working all the time, but it's become a necessity. And I found it sort of like the lesser of a a couple of evils. I used to work Saturday mornings, like for years I did that. I worked Saturday mornings and I would do client meetings and I really, really felt um, resentful that that I was working on a Saturday. You know, the sun shining, people are walking their dogs, uh, they're going out to breakfast, they're spending time with family, they're having coffee in their kitchen and I'm at work. So that is gone now. And especially like during the summer, I'm sorry, during the winter, when the when there's less daylight, I want to be out in the sun. So when it's dark, I'm happier to work, which has been a, a really, really different way to kind of squeeze in work and then still have a life that I'm enjoying. So um, the trade-off is I try to leave a little bit earlier on Friday, so kick off my weekend a little bit earlier, don't work on Saturday or work on stuff that um, you know, I'm working on at my kitchen table, like reading a transcript, like I'm not going into work. I try to ignore emails on Saturday, just to give my brain that um, time off from it. And then Sunday, I go to work after the sun has set. 
Sometimes it's 6 p.m., sometimes it's 7, sometimes it's 8. Like whenever I'm done doing family stuff. That's the other thing. I'm not going to leave whatever my family is doing. It's kind of when everyone else is, you know, they're starting to go to bed or they're watching a movie or my husband goes to a pool league. When he goes to his pool league, then I'll go to the office and get ready for the week. Okay, so then um, that was that week. And then Monday was Martin Luther King Day. And I had such a lovely day. The, my town had a unity walk, and I went on it with my daughter and um, and her sons. And I had this thing where I was thinking, I should be working. But instead, I celebrated something very important to me, and I felt great. Like it was a great way to kick off the week. A little surprising, I had millions of calls that day. I think a lot of people had Martin Luther King Day off. So they were working on their personal business. Um, So I was in the office um, a little bit later and tried to return some calls. I had court every day for the rest of the week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And I have to say, I'm I'm just was so tired of it. Um, And then this week, or that, that same week, my brother got bronchitis. And a few days later, I got it. And I hadn't had one of those I don't even know what to call it, except like a coughing disease in quite some time. I was up for three nights coughing. And right before I got sick, I was worried that I was going to get sick because he got it. And I take him to most of his appointments, not all of them. We spread them out between each other. And, you know, talking to him, I'm in a car with him, all of that. And I got one of those vitamin IVs before I got sick. Because I tried to stop it from coming on, it didn't work, and um, I was on a Z pack, coating an inhaler. Plus, I was taking Dayquil to get through the day. So poor Joe. I mean, he got especially sick because he um, has cancer, and we've been very worried about him. But I think he's on the other side of it. He did have um, an IV with fluids last week and that really seemed to to help a bit at least. So the best thing that happened to me was after I was better. So luckily this ended up didn't didn't ruin my trip. I was better for my trip and off of the antibiotics. I went to LA for a few days. I flew out on a Sunday and I worked most of the day on Saturday to be gone for two work days. <laughs> two work days. It's going to be Monday and Tuesday. So I fly in on Sunday. Flight is fine. Like, um, I got upgraded to first class. Uh, I was getting some work done. And on the way to the hotel, I took a cab and I wanted to pay in cash. But the cab driver had no, just had no cash, which was the weirdest cab situation that I've ever been in. Because cab drivers always have cash. They want to get paid in cash. And the only time I take a cab, otherwise I take Uber and Lyft because it's so easy to use the app, is when I leave the airport. So I'm in a cab, which is unusual. I had to use my card, which was unusual. And my card that I use for everything that has like all my automatic payments for my business, I must have somehow dropped it in the cab because I wasn't expecting it on you on using it and I took it out last minute and must have I don't know put it on my leg or went to put it in my pocket and it slipped out I have no idea because 
it felt like I still should have it. So when I did get to a place where it was quiet, I just kept pouring out my purse like three or four times. And then finally I'm like, okay, it's gone, you know, put a lock on it. So that kind of put like a damper at the beginning of my trip. But after I sort of settled down from it, I'm like, okay, this isn't that bad. It's a card that I do everything on the app, so I put a hold on it just in case it showed up. Or I thought the cabbie might find it and bring it back to me. He didn't. And um, no one ever tried to use the card because the app has a thing. If someone tries to use your card when there's a hold put on it, you get alerted. And like I said, I kept looking through my purse over and over again. Um, so when I got to the hotel, it was... I don't know, like 1.30. And the hotel said my room was almost ready. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to check my check my luggage. I'm going to wait and um, relax in the lobby and go through some of my re- reading materials and my calendar and just put my head in a good place for the trip. It was, um, it was longer than I thought it would be because otherwise I probably would have went to lunch and stuff and just checked my luggage. It was like two and a half hours that I sat there, but that's okay. It's nice every once in a while to kind of get stuck in a place where all you can do is work on the stuff that you have. Like you can't do anything else. So I finally get to the room and I was staying at the Chateau Marmont, which is If you listen to my podcast, you know it's my favorite place to stay in L.A. And I had a different room this time. I got a one-bedroom without a balcony. And the hotel will email you like two days before you arrive. And I let them know that the last time I was there, I didn't get a welcome gift or the stationery with my name on it, which is their trademark. And the welcome gift is usually chocolates or some fruit and a bottle of wine, something like that. And when I got into my room this time, there was champagne on ice, chocolates, stationery, fresh flowers, a vase of fresh flowers, snacks. It was just so lovely that they made it up for me that last time it it wasn't set up for me. So I got ready and I had dinner in my room. Um, because now I'm like running up into to the time that I was going there first uh, time that I was going to a screening for and that was one of the purposes of my trip I went to a screening for a movie short and I I met a producer through a friend and this producer does a lot of horror and the short was interesting it was very um, fun to be part of this In my mind, I want to say premiere because it sounds more glamorous, but it was a screening and it was very fun. But here's something that happened to me on the way to the screening. I walked through the lobby and I just thought, oh, I'm going to take a, uh, just a stroll and see if anyone's there. And most of the time, no one's there, but sometimes you can spot celebrities at the chateau. So I walked into the lobby and there's two people sitting there, a man and a woman. And I don't stare at them you know because I just don't want to be like staring in their face so I just kind of walked in walked over by the piano and while I'm walking to the piano the man says to me we like your bag and I turn and it's Kanye West and his wife 
and he was sitting there eating a sundae. And, um, oh, I said, oh, thank you. I said, it's my baguette because it was the name of the bag. It's called a baguette. And I was in total shock. It was so surreal for Kanye West to tell you that he likes your bag. So I went to the screening and there was another actor there. I, you know what? I'm not sure if I should say his name, so I'm not going to. But um, I was too embarrassed to say anything to him. But it was very cool to see him there. And I came back after the screening. And there was a piano player in the lobby. And I sat at the piano because the piano kind of has stools around it. And just listened to piano music for like half an hour. Like what a night. Like what a wonderful night. I got up early the next morning because I had a hearing to do first thing in the morning. And in California, they're an hour ahead. So I had to, um, they're an hour behind. They're an hour behind. So I had to call 7.30 Arizona time for my 8.30 Arizona time. 7.30 California time for my 8.30 Arizona time hearing. Um, Then I uh, showered and went to breakfast in the restaurant. And I will tell you, and this is something that when I had my surgery last year, that when I was coming out of anesthesia, something that just kept coming to me as like a, uh, I don't know, a serene little thought. And that is to have breakfast in a hotel by yourself and it to be a lovely leisurely breakfast where you can maybe read or look through a magazine or kind of go through your phone or go through emails. And this is what I had. I had a lovely leisurely breakfast breakfast like I never get to do. I am usually have like my to-go coffee mug and I'm just running through the house and into the car and taking my daughter to school and going to the office and forgetting my coffee cup everywhere. That's my regular breakfast routine. And I'll usually eat like a biscotti while I'm standing up at the sink. That's my regular breakfast. But for an hour, I had coffee and juice and a croissant. And um, what did I eat? Oh, I had a croissant and oatmeal, like just delicious. It probably wasn't even that good. But to me, it was so good. Then I went and did the Film Vault podcast. I had a great time. Like, it was such a lovely time doing the podcast. I felt that we just were laughing, and maybe it wasn't great for their listeners, but I had a great time. And we did, um, I picked the topic, and we did Top 5 Creepy Couples, which was my love of horror combined with um, Valentine's Day. And then afterwards, I went to the Sony studio tour, which was the first time I ever did that. It was a very fun walking tour on the cheaper side for a studio tour. I showed up an hour early because of like the film vault ended and, um, and, you know, those things where you just end up there really early. Like the film vault ended, I got a ride from Anderson, and all of a sudden I'm an hour early for the tour. And um, I'm like, okay, well, I guess I can sit and, you know, with my phone or whatever. And they're like, oh, no, we'll just put you on the tour that's starting right this second. So it was amazing. And there was barely any people on the tour. I, th- I think there can probably be about 20 people on the tour, and we had about nine. 
There was very cool Breaking Bad and Ghostbusters set pieces, including cars and the Breaking Bad RV. I went back to my hotel after that, and I laid down for about an hour, uh, half an hour. I got up, and I went ahead and had dinner at a place called The Butcher's Daughter. It's a vegan restaurant. It was so delicious. Um, it, one of the most delicious meals I've had in some time. There were these steak kebabs that were insane. They were flaky like steak, like, you know, like it came apart like steak and delicious. And I had a vegetable crudite as an appetizer with a dipping sauce that was so tasty. My mouth is watering as I'm telling you this. <laughs> like this food was so good. I can't wait to get back there. It's going to be one of my favorite places in LA. I love LA for eating. It, they have really, really great restaurants. It's like New York where the restaurants are just insane and plentiful and you could eat your way around the city and not even hit a small percentage of the restaurants. Then I went to my favorite bookstore, Book Soup, and um, bought some books. And then I went to the comedy store. I didn't realize um, what I bought a ticket for. I just thought I bought a ticket for like the regular room, but I bought it for one of the like the smaller rooms, which was fine because I never did this before, so it was kind of fun. And it was an open mic night, and it was sort of hit or miss um, on what was funny. I found the woman, the women comedians who went up there were hilarious. Like the women were killing it in comedy. It was fun, um, and it was only five bucks. So like, where can you have like a night of comedy? for $5. And then towards the end of the night, there was some comedians that I recognized. Uh, one that was in the comedy store the last time I was there in the main room. And then one that I saw in Arizona not too long ago. So crazy. It was a, a really, really fun night. I went back to the hotel and I had the best sleep of my life. Just the best. The pillows at this hotel are the best. I... I need to call them and see where they get their pillows because they are so luxurious. I woke up at 6.30. I watched the sun come up. Um, I always have the windows thrown open. Like that's another thing about this hotel. The windows open. Like they open all the way. And I keep them open. I wrote some letters on the stationery. I wrote some letters to my grandkids and my kids. I read. I showered. I got late checkout. I enjoyed the room for the morning. I was not in a hurry to leave. There's an iPod um, that all the rooms have that have a playlist. Well, a couple of playlists for the Chateau, but there's one that I really love that has like 40s, 50s, 60s music and songs that you don't usually hear. And so I just put on the iPad. I had breakfast brought up to the room and... Um, the weird thing about this playlist is that the song Walking After Midnight by Patsy Cline always plays right as I'm leaving. And that was my party's over. That's it. <laughs> That's it. It's uh, time to go home. My husband and I always say that at the end of a vacation, party's over. And there's usually something like that's funny that happens, you know, like that tells us that the party's over. But my party wasn't quite over. I had a few more surprises. So I had 30 minutes before I had to head to the airport 
and when I had to be out of the hotel room. And they were in a hurry to get me out. I think it was because of the Grammys. I think a lot of people were checking in, and so they needed to clean my room. And the thing with late checkout, and this is a secret, I'm going to tell you, you can always sort of hang out a little bit later. Um, So say you get late checkout at 12 ish, you know, or at 12, your late checkout is at 12. You can probably stay till 1230, 1245. And no one's even the, the housekeeping's not even coming up to the room. They were in a hurry to get me out. Um, They did give me late checkout, but like, I think 1230, at 1231, they were calling the room to make sure, did I need anything? Did I need help with my luggage? You know, all that sort of thing. So I went to the lobby uh, to look at my bill and to check out. And as I'm at the desk, I look into the lobby and I see Kanye West and his wife again. And they're getting up to leave and he puts a black stocking mask, like nothing. It doesn't even have a hole for his mouth or eyes. Puts it over his entire face and then walks past me. And I'm just reeling, you know, like how can I see him? on Sunday and then Tuesday. Like, it's just crazy. So I sit down in the lobby. I pull out my laptop. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do emails um, for the next 30 minutes. But at this point, I have like 350 emails. On Monday, I don't think I looked at emails, maybe like in the very early morning. But then my day was so packed, I didn't look at emails for the rest of the day. And I'm starting to work and I hear an unmistakable voice. It sounds like Chris Rock. And I'm like, it can't be Chris Rock. He's on He's on the phone. He's got like his um, AirPods in. And I'm thinking, it can't be him. It sounds like him. It looks like him. But how can he just be here talking? And he was talking about like some movie project stuff, you know. And I'm thinking, he's talking about some comedy stuff and some specific comedians. And I'm like, he's talking about like his future projects and I can hear him. It can't be Chris Rock. So I wait for him to get off the phone. There's nobody else in this lobby. And I'm like, I'm just going to take a shot. So I walk over to him and I say, hi, Chris, I'm Florence. And he says, hi, Florence. I really like your earrings. I really like them. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. And I told him I would be kicking myself if I didn't tell him that Spiral was my favorite movie of 2022. 2022. And if my listeners, you know I'm not lying because I've said this publicly before. He acted very touch. I told him about my brother also loving horror and loving that movie. And we bonded together about that movie. And he was so nice. Then I just wished him a wonderful afternoon and worked for a little bit more and went to the airport. And honestly, the whole way to the airport, I was floating on air about what a great trip I had. And then I had this great Lyft driver, he was super friendly, a very good driver. Like you really appreciate it when you have a, like a good driver. Um, nice ride to the airport. He kept calling me Senorita Florencia or something. Um, and then I get to LAX, okay, which is like usually a nightmare to go through security. A lot of times the people who work there are very unfriendly and security was empty, empty. It took me a minute to get through it. I just walked to where you give your ID and walked right through, you know, 
with my bags and that was it. I was like, this is crazy. I worked in the lounge and then now it's time for me to pay the piper. 350 emails from Monday to Tuesday and I'm swimming in work. So I'm a little stressed in the lounge because, you know, when you sit down and you have like over and I got there with plenty of time, like over an hour. And I'm thinking I'm really, really going to get through this work and not really like there were so I got through a little bit, but so much emails. And that's something I'm going to talk to talk about as my um, topic today about how much I hate email and the different tips that I've used for it. So I get one more surprise on my trip. I get on the plane, I'm sitting in coach, and I was on an upgrade list. And usually if I get upgraded, I'll get a text like two hours before it, before that says, hey, you've been bumped up. I sit in my seat. There's no one in the middle seat, but I saw there was a huge standby list. And the plane, but the middle seat's still empty. The plane is all the way loaded. And I'm like, oh, the middle seat's going to be open. Like, this will be nice. And this lady bounds in with a huge suitcase and backpack. And she was super friendly, but she said she had to use the bathroom. And then when she got back, she told me she had a giant story to tell me about her trip. And on the way home, I was looking forward to it just being quiet and hopefully an an empty middle seat. But this lady seemed sweet enough. When she was in the bathroom... The flight attendant came and got me and another guy and moved us to first class. I was so happy. I spread out and I worked. And while I was working, I watched Inventing Anna in the background, just that Netflix um, miniseries, limited series from like a year ago, where you could just kind of put it on and kind of tune it out. And so I got caught up with some work on the plane. It was great. So the rest of my week is a blur. I go into work on Wednesday and I come back to a pile of phone messages and it's also billing. The day I come back is the worst, I'm sorry, it's the last day of the month. So that's my billing day too. I worked until about 6.30 and I left for home just depressed at 6.30 at night. Like the whole floating on air about my trip is gone. And then the next morning, I had a long um, physical therapy appointment that also had acupuncture. And I'm not sure if I told you, but I'm having some problems with my back. I have a fracture on my spine, and one of my discs, the where I have all my pain, just doesn't exist anymore. It's just bone on bone. So I had an appointment and felt kind of beat up because it was very intense. And then I... (coughs) had meetings all afternoon. So that was my Thursday. Friday, I had to run to court. I picked up a king cake because we were having a Mardi Gras party. I was working. I also had some stuff to pick up at Costco and Whole Foods. And um, I get back in the afternoon and um, I had decorations from this place called a Mind's Eye, which is an online store. And they have the best deals. I got all these Mardi Gras decorations um, several months ago, they were like a dollar. This is the cutest, like banners and everything, just adorable. I'm like really nice cardstock. And I get home and I'm like, oh no, this party's going to be a bust because, and it just, it wasn't like an, 
it wasn't like I was having like this huge party. It was just my family. And they know how much I love New Orleans and Mardi Gras. And I said, why don't we just get together on Friday and have a little Mardi Gras party? My, um, before I got home, my grandson split his chin open and he had to get stitches. So my daughter was at urgent care with him. My mom and dad got sick and couldn't come. My other niece didn't feel great. She couldn't come. My great niece, they, my niece thought she swallowed, my other niece thought she swallowed a battery, but it turns out she didn't. So they were in the emergency room. Then it poured rain, like right before the party. And then everybody showed up. My grandson was back and my great niece didn't swallow a a battery. So her and her parents came. My daughter Lillian made gumbo. I made dirty rice. I picked up a king cake. We had cheese and crackers. And I put on, (coughs) I just put on a YouTube channel. It was called Mardi Gras Jazz Music. Like what fun. It was such fun. And the screensaver for it was like a um like Mardi Gras beads. And then I went to bed and slept like a log. I like I was exhausted. And then so for this last weekend, I just alternated between work and reading and cleaning and cooking and just kind of stayed in. And then I went to the office for several hours on Sunday, my Sunday routine. Went there about eight, was there till about ten thirty. And it's Monday as I record this, and then next weekend I'm going to Disneyland, so I will keep you up to date on that. But I wanted to give a few email tips um, and just talk about in general about how I try to um, manage email. I'm sorry to say it, but I hate email. I hate writing email, reading it, thinking about it, and it is a huge percentage of my day. Everyone communicates by email. Um, all my minute entries and docketing orders are done by email. Every time opposing counsel wants to get a hold of you, they send you an email. Clients email you. Um, you get emails around the clock, including the middle of the night, holidays, weekends. I am usually extremely stressed regarding email. And the only way to deal with this is to develop some processes. I have taken many time management classes and read time management books and blogs, and I did find that many of the tips for me do not work. And I don't think a lot of the tips work for most attorneys and most people. So here are some common tips and how I've revised them to match my workload. So a time management tip from the pros is don't check your emails when you first get to work and give preferred email and message times. My tip You need to check your emails when you get to work. If you're in the office, obviously if you're in court, you're not checking your emails. And have a process for evaluating the emails. Schedule it like it's part of your day. And then keep on top of them during the day also. Don't let email dominate your weekends. I have plenty of weekends where I'm with family and friends and I'm not going to answer those emails. I'm going to take some time where I can just sit with both hands on the keyboard and just concentrate on the emails and like plow through them. I do my best to take off one whole day from work and email. But if I'm having a quiet weekend, um, I might go into the office to see what's going on or log into the computer from home. But like I said, my newest thing is I'm doing this on Sunday night to give me a clean slate for Monday morning. 
To log into the office, I use Go to My PC, which I've used for years, and it works really well. It's a little expensive. It gets more expensive every year, but I think in the amount of time that it saves me, it's um, it's much preferable. Um, if you have a deadline, shut down your email. Like you just need to shut it down and forget about it until you can get back to it. Another tip from the pros is if it takes less than two minutes, do it immediately. My tip, if it takes less than, say, five to seven minutes, do it immediately. Extending the two-minute rule captures dozens more emails. Also, no need to reply to everything. If you can just file or delete an email after reading it, you can cut down that action to less than one minute. If you send a reply, you're adding two to three minutes to deal with an email that maybe didn't need a response. So be careful with your replies. It's very tempting to like do a reply to everything, but you don't have time for it. Another time management tip for the pros is make folders for pending, awaiting action, etc. My tip is I keep everything pending in the e- in the inbox and then I write out an action list for anything that takes more than five to ten minutes. Um, I have separate, another thing that really helps me is I have separate email addresses for business and personal. I'm also very heavy-handed to file away important emails. So if it's one that's done, it goes out of the inbox. And I'm also very heavy-handed on deleting emails. But I do keep my deleted emails for quite some time. Um, I let the deleted email box get pretty large so that I can go back and search it if I need it. I go through my email box probably three to five times a week just to clean out resolved emails. And then sometimes if I'm returning calls, I'll just also scan through emails for the purpose of just cleaning up the inbox where I'm just basically hitting delete. After years of typing um emails with a phone wedged between my ear and my shoulder and countless visits to the chiropractor and massage therapist, I've decided I'm not a fan of multitasking. I really try to think if I'm answering an email, I'm answering an email. If I'm on a phone call, I'm doing the phone call. It's very tempting to do it at the same time, but it's not productive. Our minds do not work that way. Another time management tip from the pros is strive for a zero inbox. My tip, zero inbox, never going to happen. Strive for a manageable inbox and a maintained, a a well-maintained inbox. Another time management tip from the pros is prioritize your activities and and to-do list. I'm very specific about doing that and um, I make all sorts of lists. I am like the queen of lists. I have lists in my electronic calendar. I keep a small pocket-sized paper calendar where I write down notes and write out my calendar because it just makes me very mindful (coughs) about what is coming up. So it's in my electronic calendar, but then I handwrite it too. So I'm really thinking about whatever it is is coming up. A time management tip from the pros, and one that I did for years, but I gave in about a year ago, was have your email account on your phone. <coughs> and in past, past 
um, podcast, I have said, never put your work email account on your phone. Now I say, I, I, I have to. <laughs> I really, really have to. Um, but I am able to like toggle between my personal and my e- and my work email. So as a default, I keep it on my personal email because it's just shopping emails, magazine emails, like whatever. And most of them I just delete immediately. When I am like physically doing work, I'll toggle over to the work emails. And a lot of times when I just see it's piling up, I'll just go through and just clean them up as much as possible. So when I really have time to sit down with my emails, like maybe instead of there being 100, maybe now there's 30 because I took care of ones where number one, I could just delete it or two, it took a one sentence response, you know, things like that. Um, my newest thing, I guess, which is probably a tip that I would, um, agree with, with the pros is the out of office message. I use this quite a bit. It's not only when I'm on vacation for a few days, if I have a morning where I am going to, um, be out of the office, uh, at a doctor's appointment or court, (coughs) I'll put that on there. And because then it can let people know they can call the office too and talk to my staff. So it's been very good for me. Um, and I think that's it, you know. You have to have processes to just kind of keep it together as much as possible because email is its the bane of my existence. So thanks you for listening. I have a couple of um, movies that I watched that I would recommend. I watched Killers of the Flower Moon on Apple. I know it's been criticized somewhat, but I actually really liked this movie. I thought it was going to be like homework. I thought it was going to be a drag. It really wasn't. It was very watchable. The acting was great. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was great in it. Lily Gladstone was the star of the show. I I really liked this movie. It and it was 3 hours and I didn't really feel like it was. Maybe because I watched it at home and I watched it over 3 nights. It took me 3 nights to watch it. I also watched a movie called Triangle of Sadness on Hulu. I don't know that I'd really recommend it. It was odd. It was odd and it had an ending that I'm not sure what it meant, but I couldn't stop watching it. It had its moments. And I still don't know how I feel about it, but I haven't stopped thinking of it. <coughs> and then maybe my favorite movie that I saw at home was a movie called Dumb Money, which was the movie of how um, just regular people drove up the stock price for um, GameStop and what it did to the whole economy. I want to go back at some point and watch it again to see if I like really understand like the economic side of it. I love movies like that that can take something that's dry like the stock market and bring it to life. Like Dumb Money was one. Um, oh my God. The Big Short is the um, is the 
masterpiece of the of the movie like that. Uh, I also like movies about financial crimes, like anything about Bernie Madoff. So anything about finances, I really do love. Oh, another great one um, was the BlackBerry movie this year. You know, like how BlackBerry became so very, very popular and then not popular at all. Like, what a great story. So, okay, I am actually going to um, go cycling and get some exercise in, which is something that I always recommend on the podcast is you taking care of yourself. So thank you. And I'm going to finish again with um, Daddy Lessons by Beyonce, a couple notes of that. And you can find the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Patreon. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next month. Texas.